0: One, six, nine, ten, means we got shots fired. It sounded like an automatic firearm. It's in Mandalay Bay. Upstairs in Mandalay Bay, halfway up. I see the shots coming from Mandalay Bay. Halfway up. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling there's something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. To the left
1: meet. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the from middle.
0: From Pacifica with you. Radio in Los Angeles, and this is the Bradcast. As heard on KPFK 90.7 I'm FM so in LA. In Oregon on 91.7 KYAQ on the Central Coast. 106.7 Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1, in Palinville, New York on 102.9 WLPP, in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR, in New Orleans on 102.3 WHIV, in Washington, D.C. on 105.5 FM. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF. We also are heard streaming coast-to-coast and around the globe on the internets. On the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Deprogrammed Radio, Detour Talk, and Radio Sputnik, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, Muckraker, an all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com on another very dark day, I hate to say it, in these United States. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We are uh, once again tossing all our plans for today's show straight out, unfortunately, given the situation in Las Vegas on Sunday night, resulting in the deaths of over 50 people and the wounding of more than 500 at a country music concert on the Vegas Strip. Desi Doyen, it is uh, yet another dark day in uh, in these United States, it yes, seems. Yes,
2: and they continue to happen.
0: It, they do. Um, and a lot of them continue to happen with very little media notice. I guess this one they can't help but notice. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to return To some of the still important issues that we had been planning to cover today, including the ongoing disaster following Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, that, yes, is still going on. They are still facing devastation and a humanitarian crisis. Uh, And uh, over the weekend, Donald Trump decided to attack the mayor of San Juan, Carmen Yulín Cruz, who has uh, spent more than a week since... The record storm in Puerto Rico with uh, wearing hip waders, wading through flooded neighborhoods with a bullhorn trying to reach residents to help save them. And from his uh, golf club in New Jersey over the weekend, President Donald Trump took aim at her after she dared be critical of the relief efforts by the U.S. government. And uh, he derided her for, quote, such poor leadership ability and said that she and, quote, others in Puerto Rico want everything to be done for them. Trump continued to argue on uh, Twitter that the U.S. is doing a fantastic job in disaster relief there, in case you're concerned, no worries. Uh, At least other than what you hear, he said, from the fake news or political-motivated ingrates. Presumably that would include the mayor of San Juan. He went on to blame the... uh, The, uh, quote, fake news for, quote, working overtime to take the spirit away from our soldiers and first responders. Uh, Of course, they are uh, soldiers and first responders who probably are not paying much attention to what is being said on Twitter or in the news, particularly across much of the island, most of which is still without power today in Puerto Rico. So uh, as with uh, Trump's recent attacks on NFL players and owners... For peacefully and respectfully protesting against racial violence during the national anthem, where he was able to falsely turn it into uh, with some success uh, into an issue of the players disrespecting the flag and our troops. He has now attempted to shift the focus from the desperate pleas for help for three and a half million U.S. citizens in Puerto Rico into an attack against soldiers and first responders somehow. He's very good at that. Uh, claiming that the media are, quote, disparaging our great first responders as a way to get Trump. He also attacked his own secretary of state over the weekend, which seems noteworthy here, even on a day like today, Uh, as uh, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson had his efforts essentially attacked by the president of the United States, his efforts to peacefully resolve the increasingly volatile situation in North Korea, tweeting that Tillerson was, quote, wasting his time to negotiate with Little Rocket Man, as he refers to North Korea, uh, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. While Secretary of State Tillerson is actually in Asia, actually attempting to work with the Chinese and other nations, Uh, to come to some form of peaceful accord with the nuclear-armed North Koreans. Also, the mountain of evidence of corruption by Trump's own cabinet officials will also be placed on the back burner for the time being following the late Friday afternoon uh, firing or resignation, whatever you want to regard it as, of Health and Human uh, Services Secretary Tom Price for spending nearly $1 million in taxpayer money for private plane travel or chartered and uh, military planes over the past eight months since taking office. All of that and many more other important issues are, for now, knocked off the uh, media radar, understandably, due to what happened last night in Vegas. Even as the situation continues to develop today and we still have... I would say many more questions than answers at this hour as we go to air. So uh, in case you're uh, not up to speed, here's what we have at this moment. A gunman perched on the 32nd floor of a Las Vegas hotel casino unleashed a hail of bullets on an outdoor country music festival below, killing at least 58 people as tens of thousands of concert goers screamed, ran for their lives, it was the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. At least 515 others were injured in the Sunday night attack, according to authorities. SWAT teams using explosives stormed the Gunman's Hotel in the Mandalay Bay Casino. The uh, sleek glass skyscraper. and uh, he and uh, when they did, they found that he had killed himself, according to authorities. The gunman was has been identified as Stephen Craig Paddock, a 64 year old retiree from Mesquite, Nevada. Uh, he had as many as uh, as many as 10 guns with him, including rifles. Later reports now uh, put that number closer to 19 weapons, 17 or 19, depending on the source you get here. Video from the event during the massacre made clear that he was firing high powered automatic weapons, not semi-automatic, but automatic weapons like machine guns. For some uh, 10 or 15 minutes as pandemonium broke out on the streets below, uh, as the gunmen continued to fire on concert goers some 400 yards away from the hotel across the Vegas Strip, and uh Desi Doyen I know you know the uh, the area there the Mandalay Bay Yes the Mandalay is, Bay it yeah.
2: anchors the southern end of the Las Vegas strip the main strip where all the main casinos are and the concert was actually across the street and Caddy corner, corner at yeah. the uh, at the uh, intersection so that gives you a sense it was over 400 yards away that gives you a sense of the distance that the weapons that the shooter was using were able to reach and uh, the kind of weapon he was using one well, about 600 Rounds per minute, I think, is one of the rates that I had seen. So So he had not
0: only the the 10, 17, or 19 weapons in his hotel room, he also had hundreds and hundreds of rounds of ammunition ammunition that he was able to obtain. Uh, The sheriff said a check of federal and state databases showed that Paddock was not on law enforcement authority radar before the bloodbath. The FBI agent in charge uh, in Vegas said that investigators saw no immediate evidence uh, connecting the attack to any international terror organization despite a claim of responsibility from from ISIS or the Islamic State group. Country music star Jason Aldean was performing. It was the third day of the Route 91 Harvest Festival in front of a crowd of more than 22,000 When the gunman in this uh, 44-floor hotel and casino smashed out the windows in his room and opened fire, the crowd was funneled tightly into this wide open space. They had little cover. They had no easy way to escape the hail of gunfire coming down from the tower. Victims fell to the ground while others fled in panic, reportedly. Dozens of ambulances took away the wounded. People loaded victims into their car, drove them to the hospital. The shooter appeared to fire uninhindered for more than 10 minutes as uh, Las Vegas police tried to frantically locate the man in one of the uh, casino's towers. In an address to the uh, country, President Donald Trump called the attack an act of pure evil and he added that in moments of tragedy and horror, America comes together as one. He ordered flags flown at half staff. Here is Donald Trump uh, this morning.
3: We are joined together today in sadness, shock and grief. It was an act of pure evil. In moments of tragedy and horror, America comes together as one. And it always has. We call upon the bonds that unite us, our faith, our family, and our shared values. We call upon the bonds of citizenship, the ties of community, and the comfort of our common humanity. In times such as these, I know we are searching for some kind of meaning in the chaos, some kind of light in the darkness. The answers do not come easy. We pray for the entire nation to find unity and peace, and we pray for the day when evil is banished and the innocent are safe from hatred and from fear.
0: Yes, we keep praying, but we don't do too much more than that in this country. Uh, And our prayers do not seem to be doing much right now to prevent this epidemic of death-by-gun from continuing in this country at a rate unlike any other developed nation in the world, I was uh, glad to see that uh, the president came out today to even speak about this. Uh, he has there's been a, a number of mass sh- uh, uh, shootings over the past several weeks that he has failed to say a word about, including uh, ten people killed at a football party in texas in suburban texas just a week or two ago to my knowledge he has still not uh, spoken about that publicly for her part white house press secretary sarah huckabee sanders became emotional during her statement uh in the white house uh, briefing room today honoring those who risked their lives to help others during the slaughter
2: what these people did for each other says far more about who we are as americans than the cowardly acts of a killer ever could The Gospel of John reminds us that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for a friend. The memory of those who displayed the ultimate expression of love in the midst of an unimaginable act of hate will never fade. Their examples will serve as an eternal reminder that the American spirit cannot and will not ever be broken. In the days ahead, we will grieve as a nation, we will honor the memory of those lost as a nation, and we will come together, united as one nation, under God and indivisible.
0: How exactly we will honor the uh, memory of those lost uh, was unclear. Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, went on to deflect questions regarding gun safety laws, saying uh, pretty predictably at this point that uh, it was, uh, quote, premature to discuss such things. As usual, uh, this is not the time to discuss these sorts of matters uh, as to what to do about this epidemic, other than to pray and honor, I guess. Uh, When that time would be, when that right time would be, as usual, after these sorts of attacks was not made clear by the uh, White House uh, press uh, spokesperson. Congressman Ruben uh, Cuen, a uh, a Democrat whose congressional district includes a portion of Las Vegas, visited one of the hospitals uh, today saying that literally every single bed... Every single bed was being used. Every single hallway was being used. Every single person there was trying to save a life. uh, Las Vegas authorities uh, put out a call for blood donations, set up a hotline to report missing people. The sheriff uh, in Las Vegas said that uh, authorities believe it was a lone wolf attack, but... But I want to talk to uh, Paddock's roommate, who is a 62-year-old woman that uh, he said was out of the country at the time of the attack. Paddock's brother, who lives in Florida, told the Orlando Sentinel and uh, a Fox News reporter earlier today, we are completely dumbfounded. We can't understand what happened.
1: The asteroid just fell on us. We have absolutely no idea whatsoever. We have no idea why he did this. And that's what you're going to find out is, I I can't imagine. When you guys find out why this happened, let us know. I have no idea whatsoever and that's Eric Paddock, that is, that is Stephen Paddock's brother. He continued to say that his brother is just a guy. He said he basically freaked. He's never done anything like this before. There was nothing to indicate that anything like this was hap- would, would be happening. Um, basically, he said he's just one person and he now understands that his brother is responsible for the greatest mass shooting in the United States history.
0: In a later statement, uh, Paddock, uh, whose family had apparently survived Hurricane Irma recently, continued to express his, uh, his shock about the action allegedly taken by his brother.
1: It's like an asteroid fell out of the sky. Last time I talked to him was he texted me to ask how my mom was after we didn't have power for five days in the neighborhood. He had no machine guns when I moved him from Melbourne to Mesquite. I mean... Find out who gave you know who he bought the machine guns from. And once again, it's <clears throat> there's no he he's was completely out of character. He's never I mean he's never even drawn his gun.
0: Gun enthusiast or just never. You know, a few well, he
1: had a couple of handguns, I think. You know he had a safe with a couple of handguns. He might have had one long rifle, but he didn't have any I mean he had no automatic weapons when that I know that I knew of at any time.
0: That was the brother, uh, Eric Paddock, the brother of the alleged uh, shooter in Las Vegas on Sunday night. In its claim of responsibility, the Islamic State Group said that the gunman was a soldier who had converted to Islam months ago, but uh, they provided no evidence whatsoever, and the extremist organization had been known to make unsubstantiated claims like this in the past for attacks around the world. The uh, U.S. Homeland Security Department said there is no specific credible threat involving other public venues in the U.S. Hours after the shooting, country music star Aldine uh, said that he and his crew were safe. The shooting was, quote, beyond horrific. He said his thoughts and prayers go out to everyone involved. He said it hurts my heart that this would happen to anyone who was just coming out to enjoy what should have been a fun night. Before Sunday, the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history took place in June of 2016, yes, just over one year ago, when a gunman who professed support for Muslim extremists opened fire at a gay nightclub in Orlando, Florida, killing 49 people in that instance. But while the, while the worst mass shooting known in American history, and not related apparently to any organized international group, Uh, Like the vast majority of the countless mass shootings in the U.S., um, the fact that it was even possible for someone to get their hands on that many automatic weapons and that much ammunition is by now, uh, unfortunately, likely a surprise to nobody. Uh, he, uh, like I say, uh, killed 58 people, injured at least uh, 518 or 515. Um, according to his brother, uh, he was a multimillionaire real estate investor, we are just learning. He was a retiree with no criminal history in the Nevada County, at least where he lived. Um, Nevada authorities say that uh, Paddock acted alone, had no motive. He, was, he owned a single-family home in Sun City, Mesquite, a retirement community along the Nevada-Arizona border. Uh, property records describe Paddock as a single man. Um, he bought this home in Mesquite in 2015. Uh, that is, that small border town largely populated by a few casinos and many retirement communities there, a lot of them just built in recent years, about 80 miles north of Vegas, We've been there uh, many times over the years in our travels across the country. It
2: is a very small town, and again, it's it's dominated by retirees and a couple of casinos, some gas stations, and restaurants, and that's about it.
0: That's about it. It's also very near the location where right wingers came to the aid of uh, scofflaw rancher Cliven Bundy. Yes, not too far
2: away at all. Within I'd say twenty miles.
0: In that uh, armed, uh, yeah, uh, in an armed uh, standoff uh, with state and federal officials. You may recall that. During the spring of 2014, uh, over a decades-long dispute about cattle grazing, authorities in Texas say that he lived in a Dallas suburb, speaking of Dallas suburbs, from 2009 to 2012. uh, Unclear at this time where he was in between 2012 and and 2015, the time he moved to Mesquite. A a preliminary review of police records do not indicate that authorities had any contact with him, but police are still investigating that. Uh, But frankly, whether the shooter in Vegas was a lone wolf, as authorities believe, Or even if he was some member of an international terrorist organization, that seems of little matter, frankly, ultimately. Uh, One man with at least 10 incredibly high powered military style weapons in America was able to terrorize tens of thousands of peaceful concert goers. Uh, You know, wounding more than 500 of them in a matter of minutes and there was nothing, no number of armed individuals at the venue, you know, after these uh, these sorts of killings, you hear a lot of complaints. Oh, well, you know, if only the 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 victims had been armed themselves. Well, good luck shooting back uh, more than 400 yards if you could even figure out where the shots were coming from. As I note, we don't have any motivation right now for the, the shooter. Uh, he's said to have been a very high-stakes gambler. Uh, but again, the motive hardly matters. His ability to get his hands on so many lethal weapons, for whatever reason he wanted to do so, that is ultimately why he was able to inflict such massive damage in such a short period of time. In, uh, in August of last year, uh, In an article, uh, really a feature from the New York Times, uh, Tools of Modern Terror, How the AK-47 and AR-15 Evolved into Rifles of Choice for Mass Killers, Um, they discuss, among other things, you you may recall that al-Qaeda long ago had pointed to the lax gun laws in the U.S., calling on terrorists to use those, uh, to take advantage of that, to commit mass murder in the U.S. Now we have evidence that ISIS is also doing the same thing. Uh, The New York Times uh, posted a jailhouse interview um, with a young German man who, was, uh, who revealed how he had joined the Islamic State. He saw the workings of a unit whose lieutenants are empowered to plan attacks around the world. And when they do so, he said, they have to usually build a network of people to try to get them weapons, to try to get weapons to their various uh, networked people around the world. Um, in order to pull off these mass killings, but they don't have to bother at all with that when they work with uh, w- with someone who's trying to do this in the U.S., when trying to pull off a mass shooting here. As he explained, uh, ISIS sees recruiting in the U.S. much, much easier because of that due to the easy availability of guns. There are Americans, but the guys from Marseille said that... Uh,
2: for America and Canada, it's much more easier to get them over the social network and because they say America is that dumb that they because they have uh, open gun policies policies policy. This is easy to get radical Muslims to buy guns. Uh, they say we can radicalize them easily, and if they don't have no criminal record, they can buy them guns themselves. We don't need to have no contact man who has to provide guns for them.
0: yeah, it's it's easy. All they have to do is get them here. And because of our gun laws, because of our refusal uh, to take any real action, uh, that was uh, that jailhouse interview with a, a former ISIS lieutenant, but uh, talking about if they have no criminal record, here's the news flash. Even if they have a criminal record, it is still easy to purchase guns in this country. You can do it at the, uh, at the gun shows, the so-called gun show loopholes. You can do it over the Internet. Uh, as we have seen, time and time and time again, only to be answered by, uh, "Well, we'll we'll honor the victims with uh, thoughts and prayers." After these, uh, after these sort of incidents, which just continue to pile up, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and talk uh, more about this and um, more of what we know as to why these happen. Short answer. It's the guns, stupid. Quick break, and we're back with more Broadcast right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. <laughs>
2: And thanks.
0: Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, you know, Des, we had talked before the show that I had hoped to stay largely away from, uh, if not politics, uh, partisan politics right. here. Uh, On a day like today, there'll be plenty of time for that as we move forward. I'm I'm sorry to say, but it's I just you know, I realize in, in just mentioning at the end of that last segment that it's the guns, stupid, that even that I suspect to many ears feels to some people like it's partisan politics, but it's not. It's it's just facts. There are facts to back this up. And I want to get to some of these in a moment, because if we were ever going to have an actual debate in this country about what we should do concerning the gun epidemic in this country, the gun violence epidemic in this country, um, we need to know the facts. And, uh, you know, facts are not necessary or not partisan. They're just facts. And so I want to take a look at some of those uh, some of those facts on the uh, perhaps too optimistic hope that maybe maybe this time, who knows, maybe we will ultimately have that debate, have that conversation, have that discussion in this country. even if it is, as it uh, certainly uh, will be and already has been in many quarters, turned into a, a, a partisan battle. But the facts are still the facts. The Las Vegas massacre on Sunday marks the 273rd mass shooting in 275 days of the year 2017.
2: So that's the two hundred and seventy-third mass shooting in this year alone. In in
0: two hundred and seventy-five days in wow. this year, yeah. That according to the gun to uh, gunviolencearchive.org, which tracks all of this, a total of eleven thousand six hundred and fifty-two people. Eleven thousand six hundred fifty-two people have died in all of the uh, gun violence incidents this year. Uh, more than twenty-three and a half thousand have been injured. And that does not, by the way, include the number of suicides by gun, which would add thousands of more victims to those uh, totals for 2017, according to the archive. Uh, Just ridiculous numbers that we're talking about. We're talking about now. uh, We try to talk about when we can on this show. But uh, for the most part, they just uh, those sorts of numbers just are not discussed. The only time they're discussed is after something like this. For a very short, short time, and then we move on to something else. Uh, Zach Beecham over at Vox.com today. Uh, well, he has been reporting on the American gun violence epidemic for a long time. And uh, today, after the uh, news of the massacre began to come clear, he unleashed and uh, sort of updated a series of his stories that seem tremendously pertinent today. Again, Facts. Just facts. Putting your partisan politics aside, just facts. Sunday's shooting in Las Vegas, uh, he writes, like so many mass murders before it seem likely to raise a debate we've had many times before. Why does the U.S. have such a high rate of gun murders? Which is by far the highest in the developed world. It is not even close. Um, I think the, the, the closest number of homicides per firearm Per one million people would be in Switzerland, where they have seven point seven homicides per one million people. We have twenty nine point seven, almost thirty. No uh, developed country is even close to that. To that number, uh, that's thirty per one million people. So that's an apples to apples comparison. So why is this? Uh, Zach Beecham asks, is it uh, because Americans are just more prone to this type of violent crime? Is it income equality? Is it cultural difference? Uh, He points to a 1997 landmark study which actually tried to answer that question. Why are there so so many uh, murders in the U.S.? And uh scholars say that this study from 1997 still holds up and that uh, finds that America does not have a significantly higher rate of crime compared to similar countries but that the crime itself is much more likely to be lethal. American criminals kill just just kill more people than their counterparts do in other developed countries and it appears that it the difference for that, the explanation for that is, yes, guns. Uh, there was a 1999 book about this study by Berkeley's uh, Franklin Zimmering and Gordon Hawkins. It's called Crime is Not the Problem. They set out to examine what was at the time the uh, the conventional wisdom that America had a uniquely terrible crime problem without any parallel in any other developed democracies. But they found Pretty definitively, he says that the conventional wisdom is actually wrong, that rates of common property crimes in the U.S., for example, are comparable to those reported in many other Western industrial nations. But the rates of lethal violence in the U.S. are much higher. In other words, violence, particularly lethal violence, is a separate issue from the crime rate itself. Other countries have... Uh, similar uh, numbers of, you know, property crime uh, crime rates. But only in the U.S. do people die at the rate that they do, thanks to guns, as they uh, go on to find out. In this uh, case, they looked at 20 developed countries and their overall crime rates and their rates of violent death. They found virtually no connection between the crime rate and the rate of violent death. Uh, indicating that the violent uh, death was not a matter of overall crime levels as used to be the case. Oh, well, America is just, we're just more violent here in the U.S. Uh, th- that we, I mean, we just have a higher crime rate here in the U.S.
2: And the truth is that we don't. We have comparable rates, comparable of crime, crime rates of different yeah. kinds of crime, even you know, and and yeah. and yet the difference is the availability of guns.
0: Appears to be the case. Uh, you know, none of this is conclusive. It's not as easy as doing a study of a of a drug, for example, where one group will take the drug and the other group will not, you can compare the results. You know, here you've got. Uh, a lot of different uh, crime rates, a lot of different uh, reasons, a lot of different laws. So it's not a perfect apple to a- apples to apples uh, comparison when it comes to these things. But if you look at the crime rate on that, you can get pretty empirical as far as how many people die and how many uh, you know, reported crimes are there. The lowest death rate country is England. It has a crime rate just over the average crime rate, comparing these uh, 20 developed countries. The next lowest violence rate is Japan, which has the lowest crime rate. The third lowest death rate is the Netherlands, but uh, they are in the highest crime rate group. So crime rate does not equate to uh, violent death rate. If there's a high uh, crime rate in a country that doesn't have a lot of weapons, that has uh, strict gun safety laws, then the number of deaths will be much lower, according to this uh, this data set. Uh, Zimmering, Zimmering and Hawking write that the, this data set provides a multinational example of the central point that lethal violence is the crucial problem in the U.S. It shows that the U.S. clustered with other industrial nations in crime rate, um, but it is very you know close to these other countries. But when it comes to violent death, we are head and shoulders above the rest, we're number one. So, why does this happen? Uh, Beecham asked. Well, it's not why you might think American violent cr- criminals are just more likely uh, t- to kill people. That's not why, only a minority, for example, of LA homicides grow out of criminal encounters like robbery and rape. They find uh, that uh, even if it could be shown that American robbery and rape rates are across the board higher than those in similar countries, which does not appear to be true, that it still would not explain why America has so many more homicides than those other countries. Um, The data is revealing a far greater proportion of L.A. homicides grow out of arguments and other social encounters between acquaintances than from robbery or rape. And the mere presence of firearms during those arguments or other social encounters, according to this study, uh, makes what would otherwise be a tense situation turn deadly. When gang members argue with other gang members or a robber sticks up a liquor store, there's always a risk that the situation can escalate to some kind of violence, he says. But when people have a handheld tool that is specifically engineered for killing efficiently, escalation to murder becomes much, much more likely. And I feel sort of stupid pointing this stuff out that seems, at least to my brain, extraordinarily obvious. But apparently we need to point it out because there is so much nonsense and propaganda uh, that is not based on the hard, confirmable data like some of these numbers uh, floating out there. And plus the fact that we just don't have this conversation. So I guess it's incumbent upon me to, to point out what seems to be the obvious at some point. Uh, uh, A series of specific comparisons of the death rates from property crime and assault in New York City and London, if you compare those two, show enormous differences in death risk, uh, the authors of the study uh, say, and that that can be explained even while general patterns are similar. A preference for crimes of personal force and the willingness and ability to use guns in robbery Make similar levels of uh, property crime 54 times as deadly in New York City as they are in London. So sort of same amount of robberies, but 54 times more deadly encounters in New York City as in London. Guns, not criminality per se, are the problem, writes uh, Zach Beecham. Uh, in in one of these reports, in another uh, report here, he uh, he asks, um, well, he talks about uh, if gun control really helps to reduce gun deaths. Does gun do gun safety laws actually lead to less gun deaths? Again, seems like it ought to be obvious, but it's really not, because, again, these you know, it's hard to study this. And uh, frankly. I said I was going to stay away from partisan politics, but we can't in this case. Republicans have, for example, um, made it uh, next to impossible for the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, to actually track these numbers, actually threatened the CDC with defunding <clears throat> if, they, um, if, they, if, if they had the temerity to track these numbers so that we could understand things like this. Um, so uh, Beecham goes on to say it's it's a crucially important question whether gun control actually helps reduce gun deaths. Dozens of studies have been conducted over many years in many different countries, and uh, they reach a, a, a broad and sometimes contradictory range of conclusions. But a 2016 study published in Epidemiologic Reviews. Uh, tried to solve the problem of the uh, uh, the differing information coming from all of these different studies. They systematically reviewed evidence from around the world, uh, roughly examining 130 different studies that had been conducted in 10 different countries. And um, they, while the authors say that their their findings do not conclusively prove that restrictions on uh, gun violence, uh, on, uh, on, on, uh, on guns, on gun safety laws, uh, that re- those restrictions don't conclusively re- uh, prove that such rest- restrictions uh, reduce gun deaths. However, they find a compelling trend wherever uh, there were new restrictions on gun purchases and ownership, that in those cases, they tend to be followed by a pretty sizable decline in gun deaths.
2: Okay, so just to recap that, whenever a gun safety law has been put in place, it has been followed by a sizable, significant drop in gun deaths. In
0: gun deaths, yeah.
2: In these countries that were studied.
0: Correctly. In uh, 10 different countries, 130 different studies. So they didn't get their own data. They looked at the data presented by these existing studies, some of which, uh, had, some of these studies had come to the conclusion that, no, there's, there's no real change uh, when you put in place, uh, uh, you know, new gun uh, the safety measures. But this study looked at some of those that stu- looked at the actual data took in those studies. In total, yes. Well, it took them all in, stu- in total, but actually looked at some of the some of the studies that said, no, there's no change after these gun laws are put in place. And they looked at their data and said, wait a minute. Yes, there are. These studies have been misrepresented by these people. So they looked at the actual data from the existing studies. Uh, And they find uh, that uh, first and most importantly, gun violence declined after countries passed a raft of gun laws at the same time. The simultaneous uh, implementation of laws targeting multiple firearms restrictions is associated with reductions in firearm deaths. Uh, countries pass big packages of laws, for example, the overhaul a nation's firearms code broadly. Uh, and when they do this, they all tend to lead to a reduction in firearms deaths when they pass laws that ban powerful weapons like automatic rifles like the type that was used in Las Vegas for this massacre, uh, after implementing a background check system, after requiring people to get permit and licenses before buying a gun. Now, you may be against all of those things. You may think that uh, we should be free to have automatic rifles, machine guns.
2: Whatever weapon is available. You
0: may think there should be no background checks at all. Uh, or that you're cool with the loophole. By the way, most Republicans are not cool with the uh, the, the background check loopholes, such as the gun show loophole. Uh, some 90% think that ought to be closed. That's been a statistic we've talked about since the Sandy Hook massacre. At the very uh, at the very least, uh, almost 80% of National Rifle Association members think we ought to close that loophole. Um South Africa's comprehensive firearm control that was passed in 2000 contained all of those measures. One study found that firearm homicides in five major South African cities decreased by 13.6 percent for each of the next five years. So each year it went down uh, per year, 13.6% after these uh, restrictions were put in place. Austria's 1997 firearm law similarly required background checks, limited access to powerful firearms, and imposed rules about how gun owners had to store their guns. This study... Uh, reviewed several studies in uh, on the uh, Austrian law after uh, the, the 1997 law both of which found evidence that the law, yes, reduced deaths according to one of them, firearm homicide went down 4.8% and suicides went down 9.9% so uh, country after country when you look at these uh at these laws that are implemented, it it reduces death. Now, again, you might say freedom is more important than anybody's lives. Keeping the United States government, holding them, being able to hold them off somehow with with uh, weapons, automatic weapons is somehow more important than any one or any tens of thousands of lives. Okay, if you want to make that argument, you can make it. But let's not pretend that there is not data out there that shows that, yes, these laws tend to reduce. They don't entirely uh, get rid of, but they tend to reduce the number of deaths from firearms. Australia's 1996 National Firearms Agreement. uh, This is uh, perhaps the starkest example. This uh, outright confiscated some 650,000 guns across Australia after a mass murder. Um, in, in that country, and there has been no mass murders since then. Since they uh, confiscated six hundred and fifty thousand automatic weapons,
2: and gun and, owners in yeah. Australia still have access to their guns. They're yeah. just stored in a safe central armory.
0: Not all of them. They did confiscate and melt down. They 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 purchased they uh, bought back these. And it, but they do have yeah.
2: very serious gun safety laws. Yeah. And if you are a responsible gun owner and you go through all of the requirements, you have access to your guns. That's
0: right. It only uh, re- in Australia. It only reduces the gun rate by something like 20%, this, uh, this law in Australia, but it reduced the, uh, the, the death rate, apparently, uh, much more. One study, for example, compared the Australian st- state of uh, Victoria to others around the country. Now, Victoria had already passed uh, a bunch of firearm restrictions back in 1988. So the NFA, the National Firearms Agreement, Uh, didn't change policy a whole lot in Victoria, but firearm deaths went down countrywide by an average of 14% in the other states relative to Victoria. So however much they went down in Victoria after instituting this law, they went down 14% more in all of the other states on average, the other states uh, that had much more lax gun uh, restrictions. Which suggests the NFA provisions specifically made a difference. Um, so, laws restricting the purchase of uh, the restricting the purchase through background checks and access to uh, safer storage, for example, in firearms, are also associated with lower rates of intimate partner homicides and firearm unintentional deaths in children, respectively. Uh, they also looked at the number of studies on gun control in, uh, in the U.S. as part of their overall review, saying there was strong evidence that restricting access to guns tends to restrict gun deaths. Uh, looking at uh, here in the U.S., for example, where Missouri, my home state, uh, back in 2007, repealed its law requiring a permit to purchase a firearm, And uh, in in effect, that repealed the state's background check requirement. And after 2007, Missouri's homicide rate jumped by 25 percent. And there are no other changes in the law or circumstances that appear to uh, be able to explain that increase. So uh, this is a very important contribution to the gun debate. This was back from uh, a 1997 study. It was a book about it in 1999. 130 studies from 10 different countries. So it's not conclusive. The authors are careful to say that uh, this does not prove that gun laws reduce violence, but uh, it certainly is very suggestive. All right. One more before uh, from uh, Zach uh, uh, Beecham before we get to the break here, uh, specifically on that Australian case. Uh, So, yeah, as we said, uh, they collected roughly 650,000 privately held guns. It was one of the largest mandatory gun buyback programs in recent history. Basically, if you had a legally purchased gun, they would, uh, the the state would pay you fair market value for it. Uh, And it worked. If you had, by the way, an uh, an illegally purchased gun, you would have... um, uh, you would be allowed to return that you wouldn't get paid. For that. you'd have amnesty for that. you would not be paid for it, but you were allowed to return it uh, with amnesty. Uh, and that was after a 28 year old man back in 1996 had uh, killed 35 people and wounded another 28. Well, we just killed 50 something people and yeah, wounded more than five 50 something.
2: Who knows right. How high it will be.
0: So uh, Australia at the time, uh, they put this in place, and there was concerns that there would be a violent uprising by, uh, by gun owners, gun proponents. There was no such uprising. Uh, and the, the murder rate fell. And so did the suicide rate fell. The average firearm suicide rate in Australia in the seven years after the bill uh, was passed declined 57% compared with the seven years prior. That's the average firearm suicide rate in Australia. The average firearm homicide rate went down 42%. So essentially, you're talking about cutting gun deaths in half. At least that's what they did in Australia uh, after this law, after this very controversial law at the time was put in place. But it had a huge difference in the number of murder and uh, suicide. And again, you may be in favor of, oh, freedom, To do anything you want, to own any weapon you want. You might buy into the NRA's, uh, frankly, uh, rewritten history that the Second Amendment was put in place to uh, prevent government tyranny and to be able to rebel against the government you may think that is true and that that is why uh, we need the second amendment that's fine
2: and why you should have zero restrictions on your access to anything that you might want no matter what it is
0: but let's not pretend that you know if you care about saving lives let's not pretend that uh, you know putting in place these measures won't save lives it will save lives So freedom first. uh, Death uh, you don't care about quite as much. Okay, fine. But let's just be honest about it. One study concluded that buying back thirty five hundred guns per one hundred thousand people in Australia correlated with up to a 50 percent drop in firearm homicides. Uh, Another uh, uh, paper's findings about suicide were similarly statistically significant there, and they were astounding. Buying back 3,500 guns correlated with a 74% drop, a 74% drop in firearm suicides. Non-gun suicides did not increase to make up the decline. In other words, people who couldn't get access to guns were not able to kill themselves at a similar rate because guns are the most effective way to kill yourself. And many people who commit suicide after they do so... Uh, unsuccessfully, uh, they don't do it again. They regret what they did. But if you use a gun to do it, chances are you're going to succeed. Bottom line, Australia's gun buyback saved lives, says Beecham, if you actually care about that sort of thing. This is just numbers, not politics. This is data. It doesn't speak to what you think about freedom to own a gun or if you think we need guns to prevent tyranny by the government but if we're going to have this conversation and I hope that we finally do uh, I hope that Republicans in Congress will finally allow this debate to be held because right now it's filibustered so we can't even have the debate Uh, if we're ever allowed to have that debate in this country or more to the point the lawmakers who are elected to deal with such problems if they are ever allowed to we need to know these facts and this data And we just don't in this country. Beecham goes on to say, in thinking about gun violence and how to limit it, this seems like a worthwhile thing to look at. If you're looking for lessons about gun control and gun safety, he writes, this is a pretty important one. I should say so. Quick break, and we're back with uh, a few more thoughts on uh, today's nightmare. Uh, uh, After this uh, break, I'm Brad Friedman. Stay with us. making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks. world. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com got just a few minutes here. Uh but with all, you know, all of this talk, uh I mentioned the the, the second amendment uh and uh how the N- NRA has totally revised just complete revisionist history. claiming that the second amendment was meant by our founders to ensure that uh, America's Americans could rebel against the government if they wanted to. Again, trying to put aside politics for the moment. If you just take that argument at face value, as far as what the Second Amendment was for, keeping in mind the the type of weapons that the founders were thinking about when they drafted the Constitution's Bill of Rights, the Second Amendment, uh, a reader at Talking Points Memo wrote in uh, in a note to, uh, according to Josh Marshall, that the number of deaths in Las Vegas, which uh, stands at fifty eight as we go to uh, air here today, I expect that could climb with more than five hundred shot, but uh, that currently is at fifty eight. The number of deaths in in Las Vegas in that massacre is greater than many of the most famous battles of the Revolutionary War. Marshall says these are quite different eras, settings, contexts. Uh, so let's stipulate that this is hard to compare such radically different events. But the bare numbers, he says, tell a story. So Lexington and Concord Concord, the, the, the famous battle in 1775. Forty-nine Americans were killed at Lexington and Concord, 49 versus 58 by one guy, not in a a war, not in a battle, but by one guy
2: on one day on one day. And it's not even it's not even the first one this year.
0: And not not by a long shot. And he did it in 10 minutes, by the way. Uh, In Princeton, uh, the battle uh, for Princeton in 1777, uh, anywhere from 25 to 44 Americans were killed. In Yorktown in 1781, 28 Americans were killed, compared to 58 in 10 minutes by one guy in Vegas on Sunday night. Even by the standards of modern warfare, Josh notes, the numbers are striking. The Second Battle of Fallujah, remember that? Uh, In Iraq, from November to December of 2004, that's viewed by many as the bloodiest and most intense battle of the Iraq war. According to Wikipedia, 95 Americans died over six weeks in that battle, and the second battle of Fallujah in Iraq, in war. Fifty-four were killed between November 7th and the 16th. And yet, you know, we still talk about Fallujah and uh, uh, that that battle there, both of those battles there with the current death toll out of uh, Las Vegas at 58 in just 10 minutes. This is the difference in the type of lethality that we are now talking about than the uh, than the founders were talking about 250 years ago. When they drafted the uh, Second Amendment, for whatever reason you believe that it was was drafted, this is a different era. And, uh, you know, unlike those who believe that we should only keep in mind what it was that the founders had in mind on the day they drafted these things 250 years ago, we should take nothing else into account since then. If you just look at those raw numbers, I'm not sure how that uh, that thinking uh, can can hold up. Yes, it is the guns, stupid. Question is when and if this country will ever do anything. To change that equation. All right, my thanks to our producer Desi Doyen, and to you today for joining us. Uh, if you missed any portion of today's show or any other, you can always download it for free at BradBlog.com. You can drop me email if you like. I know I always hear from folks after an episode like this. My email address: BradCast at BradBlog.com, and on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog that is it Uh, my thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what we try to do every day here that's it until we meet again I'm Brad Friedman good luck world